Welcome to Leading Through Crisis, a conversation series exploring the idea of leadership in challenging times. Hi, welcome to Leading Through Crisis. I'm Celine Williams, and I am really excited to introduce Jillian Edwards to you, uh, not only because I've known Jillian forever, it feels like, uh, but also because she brings a wealth of knowledge to the conversation we're about to have. So Jillian has been a minister in the Church of Universal Love for 19 years. She's the director of a not-for-profit, sits on multiple boards, and is also a college administrator. So she has a really unique and varied perspective around this topic. So thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. I want to start a little bit broad in this because you do have really diverse experience and perspectives on this from being a minister, which is a, a you know, a really, you are leading a flock for lack of a better term. You, you are a visual leader as a minister, right? To working in organizations right. and working on boards, the leadership is seen and viewed differently and is perceived differently. So from all of these experiences right. and, and perspectives, when you think about leading through crisis, what does that bring up for you? Or what is that, what comes to mind? A lot of different things. Um, probably the most important is, well, my experience right now is trying to be, as, uh, to think things through and be as simple, uh, straightforward and as simple as possible. In, in the way we communicate, in the heart to hearts that we have, listening, uh, listening's been really important. On the corporate level, listening to staff members and their needs and ideas, because everybody wants to help. I, I think listening and simplicity have been the biggest for me. It totally makes sense. And it's really interesting you say that, because I think a lot of people who are in leadership positions, and even if they're not formally in a leadership position and they're, they just see themselves as a leader, which is totally valid as well. It doesn't come with a title. Absolutely. Right? But I think a lot of them are naturally inclined to be problem solvers and to want to jump right. in and fix things. And listening feels counterintuitive. Oh, yeah. And I've been in a bunch of those conversations recently. Um, in times of, of crises, great ideas and ingenuity come up and, and voices that you wouldn't normally hear or wouldn't normally expect raise their hands and come up with awesome ideas. Mm. That's why listening to everyone is so important. And the simplicity, uh, had several conversa conversations today, even just before we came on about how are we going to do something and let's make it simple. Um, people are so stressed right now that what you need to do is bring the energy down, not necessarily ratchet it up the word that comes to mind for me is that idea of your DS it's like de-escalating the situation. So you're taking it to the, the bare bones that it works. Right. Without being continually adding. Right. So for instance, I'll just give you a quickie. I was in a meeting recently with a leader. They were so caught up in the drama of the, of, of what was going on outside and everyone's got their, their hands on the keyboard ready to contribute. And they're caught up in their fear. And so what happens is everyone, the energy just shifts. And you have to be aware of this. Energy is a big thing. Um, so what we started doing was taking deep breaths and focusing and centering ourselves. And this is in business. This isn't necessarily in church meetings. And uh, it works. You know, we just center ourselves for the purpose of this moment. Mm -hmm. What are we doing right now? 
What do we have to solve? Let's just center ourselves and move forward. It works. Absolutely. And the I, there are some, by no means am I saying all corporate environments. And I do want to talk about the sort of ministerial role versus corporate role in a second. But I do, I do want to say this. In, I think sometimes in meetings, we are more likely, if we're in person, to call it out and say, okay, everyone just take a deep breath and let's come back to it, right? We're more likely to do that. And it, in these moments, we're so much of this is virtual. It's a really powerful reminder to re- that, that we can do this virtually. You and I can together say, okay, let's take a couple deep breaths and just release whatever it is and come back to what we're talking about. That's okay to do. Yeah. And, and really important just to be frank and honest. So I had a team meeting the other day and I started with what's the best thing about being isolated in your home and then what's the worst, (laughs) right? And we just all shared. I went last and whoever went first, went first. And it just got people relaxed and talking. So when we went to the subject at hand, everybody was already uh, engaged in listening to everybody. I love that you started with a question that's that's not necessarily the, I mean, it's not just starting so many conversations now or just they start with the coronavirus or COVID-19. That, that's just, people are diving in there. That's it. That's the starting point. And I love that you started with a reflection rather than a conversation where everyone wants to share instead of listen. Yeah, that's my style. You know, my colleagues um, don't all, don't all share that, but they, they appreciate it, but they don't all share that they're, they have a different view, which is fine because we have to all come together because it's the group that, and the teams that form that bring these awesome solutions. Today was one of those days, actually. And it's interesting because I, my guess is, again, I have the benefit of having known you quite a few years now. Um, but my guess is that some of that style that you bring, that starting with reflection, that, that you know, having those questions comes from having training as a minister and being a minister in a different setting. Yes. Yeah. And I would even go as far as to say that it's the personal practice that I have that informs all of that. And that personal practice is meditation. And I'm not going to tell you how old I am, not that it matters, but I've been doing this since I've been about 18. Not not exactly all the time, but it's been in my life for a long time. The idea of being centered um, and being able to do it quicker, to go within, is that practice. So that's where that comes from. So I think the topic of meditation is is really valuable right now, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a little bit about how I know Jillian because it is actually relevant. Um, so I think I was small, six to eight, younger um, when I met Jillian at a meditation group that my mother took me to. So I was quite young. I've not always had a consistent meditation practice despite having been in that group. Um, but I have shame on me. I know (laughs) I'm working on it. Um, I come back and forth, but it is something that's important to me and I recognize the value of it. And I know that I also have a unique perspective on it because I learned how to do it super young. 
And so it's, I often say that it feels like I can get into meditative states in weird places now because I don't need a specific environment because I, I was so young, right? So I say this because I am also a person that believes very strongly in meditation and has a bias towards it because of this. And this is how I've known Jillian as long as I've known her. Um, and so for those that are new to it or for those that are hearing talk about this right now and you know, no, like neurologically and neuroscience, it's probably valuable, but how can they start? And what does this look like? Cause there is still, you know, there's still people who will tell you that meditation has to look this way, or it has to be this, or it's this long, or it's blah, blah, blah. And I don't know that that is the, the, the message that serves people at this point. Right. So I can make it really easy. At least I think, um, you don't have to be religious um, and it's about being at peace. So you can go honestly anywhere. Uh, you don't have to be in the most perfect setting. You're right to meditate. Um, there's nothing wrong with closing your eyes and taking a deep breath in and a deep breath out and thinking the word peace and then opening your eyes. I mean, that could be as simple as that because not everybody's done it. Not everybody has had the time, but we're being given the time and I think it's really important. Um, that's one simple way. I do want to recommend a book if it's okay. Yep, please. That's what I love. It's called The Power of Transcendental Meditation by Bob Roth. I don't know. Can you see that? I, I, when it's blown up, you'll be able to see it. Yes. And I'll, I'll put the title in the show notes anyway, so that people can like, they can actually see what the book is. Right. So, um, you don't have to do transcendental meditation. There's all kinds of meditation and there's all kinds of apps. Walking and running can be a meditation, mm -hmm. but there is value to being able to sit in the silence and that takes cultivation. That takes time. I just want to read you one little thing. It's not long. And where is it? Even if it's long, you can read whatever. From chapter four of this book, uh, he's talking about the benefits of meditation. Um, it's not an escape. You meditate for the sake of your life. Now that's big. And transcendental meditation can absolutely change your life. I did it for seven years in a row. I use it personally. You do need to do it with someone to coach you um, because it's powerful, but it's not powerful, scary. It's transformative in a positive way. Mm. Sitting and being quiet, listening to meditative music um, is just as important as um, contemplation or thinking something through mm. or reading something powerful. Um, they can all have effects, but going into the silence and diving down into that energy is life-changing and can bring you such inner peace. You have no idea. And right now, especially that inner peace is going to do nothing but be a benefit to you as you lead. Even if you are not, again, it doesn't matter if it's a formal title of leadership. If you are leading yourself or your family right. or you want to be the example that inner peace is going to be nothing but beneficial right now. Right. And there's this really interesting study. It's an old study um, that talks about the effect um, 
of meditation on a group. So if 1% of the population of a household, a business, a school, uh, so that 1% meditates on a regular basis, there's a tipping point and it, and it causes peace and change in many different ways. Really? That's cool. I've yeah. never heard that. Yeah. yeah, no, it really is. It's true. There's studies. They started them in the 70s. And um, yeah, there's a book about it. Um, I'm sorry I didn't bring it with me. I, didn't, I can't remember the name right now, but I can get it to you if you want it. Yeah, if you get it, I'll uh, again, I'll link it in the show notes because when I post this, I'll have notes about the show. So I'll definitely, I will definitely do that. Yeah. Um, There's also a lot of information about the more you meditate, and I don't mean hours, I mean consistent meditation. So maybe a morning, night, or just a morning practice or a night practice um, changes your physiology. And they've also started testing people who meditate to see what happens to your immune system. Mm. And it changes your immune system for the better. And you become stronger. There's that too. And, and again, scientific proof. For so, so for those of you who are interested in that kind of thing, it's out there to support you. Uh, and I think that's really important because there are definitely people that it's, uh, it is about the science, right? That if without that, they're they're not on board. So this is great because, you know, I can, I will direct them to some of those, those places. I appreciate that. One of the other things I, I read today and I really appreciated, and I didn't think about it this way. And I, I thought maybe you and the people that you work with would find this interesting, but, and it was a, a first nations um, writer uh, talking about how, when you're going through something, you want to bounce back, but you don't really want to bounce back into where you were. You want to move forward. And I thought that was brilliant because you want to move forward, especially at this time. There's a course correct that's happening for so many people. And it's around values and ethics. A, a sacred life, um, a spiritual life helps us get there. And, uh, you know, I agree with that. And a spiritual life doesn't all, they don't all, it's not one spiritual life. There's not one right spiritual life. It is, that is an all encompassing statement. And I, and I, I know, you know that, but I want to emphasize that because I think it's really important that, that there's not one right thing to be, there's not run one right way to be doing it. Exactly. Any faith, any practice that gets you to the holy part of yourself and gets you, gets you to the point where you can listen and be who you truly are and lead from a place that's authentic. And I, ugh, I hate that word, but true, like your true self yeah. to the truth and light of your being. And that, you know, without a shadow of a doubt that your practices and what you're doing is honest and straightforward and simple. You'd be surprised what can happen. I love that you keep saying the word simple because I think that we I mean, I think humans at the best of times have a tendency to overcomplicate things. And I think, you know, when the proverbial poop hits the fan, like it's sort of done right now, we do that even more because we want to fill time and feel busy and, and do all the things. And so the idea of simplifying, I think, is more valuable than ever. And I want to ask you, when you talk about simplifying, what 
is what does that look like? How does it start? Are there questions you ask? Is there a way to get into keeping things simple that you have found effective uh, in your experiences? It's a very good question. Well, since this crisis has begun, it's been really important to me to be able to communicate and let my people know that um, simple is best. We don't need, like, we need best straightforward solutions. We don't, uh, we have to, we know our end result that we have to achieve. So don't complicate it. Simple, like a simple solution can be just as robust. In fact, probably more appealing because we can achieve something together or individually in, in quicker time, um, easier. Yeah, simple has always been a, a, a guiding principle for me, I think, because we all can get complicated. Trust me, I was in a conversation the other day and I saw the vision and, and I knew where we were going, but everyone had to sort of get out their part and then I just had to refocus everyone. But that was okay because, you know, little bits and pieces of somebody else's idea, a little bit of this all comes together for this great idea, you know? It de-escalates for sure. In those moments where things are getting overcomplicated, do you have a way that you help refocus people or questions you ask that kind of get them out of their own way? So I always begin with my curiosity. I'm sure many leaders think they have the answer. Uh, they know where they want to go. And generally, you know your business. Like, you know what you want to achieve. And you hire people who are the experts in their area. and. I really count on my teams to have their expertise. So the kind of questions I ask are where I encourage them in their expertise. For instance, earlier today, I was talking to someone and asking them about their confidence in this solution because the solution is expensive. Mm. And he had done a, a fair amount of research and I had been doing parallel research because I thought if his idea doesn't work, I need a solution. But I was constantly engaged with him and listening to him. And um, so then I just had a, an open conversation. I just said, okay, what's, what's your confidence in this solution? And he provided it. And um, curiosity, I always start with, I'm curious. Like I, I do use that word, not overuse it, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. I'm curious what you think about this. I don't know if that answers your question, really. But. It does. I mean, it doesn't have to answer my question specifically, but it does. And I think it's a, I think it's a reminder that, um, that being curious and even acknowledging that curiosity is powerful in and of itself. I want to ask a question that's a little bit off the topic of this, but, you know, with everything that's happening, um, in your, you know, in the role of minister, in that role of, of feeling compelled and drawn to leading people in that way, um, what do you feel has changed or how are you showing up now that might be different or has re been reinforced with everything that's happening? Because this type of crisis in this way is unprecedented. So as a board, uh, we decided that we would 
I mean, you see people every day. It's like you see every every day at work. I see people on Sundays. Um, we reach out if someone's ill or sick or something like that. Billy enacted a phone tree and the board all took names and numbers and we reached out to regular members and members who um, we hadn't seen in a long time um, or friends, I'll call them friends of the church. And that one-on-one -on -one and the value it has for people when you reach out, especially when you're feeling isolated, um, has been has been tremendous. Um, and um, people are grateful, very grateful for that. Um, also technology. I'm trying something totally new. <laughs> I'm gonna do a live meditation uh, and I'm gonna try some, we're gonna try something different for our church. Um, so we're involving technology. It's always been a goal, but now we're kind of going to have to try it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for you personally, how does it, how are you feeling about all this? What are, are you drawn to? And I ask this because um, when I, you know, put out the call to talk to certain people around this topic of leading through crisis, you immediately stepped up which tells me that you are being drawn to lead in a visible way inside of this. So I wonder what that is for you or, or what's coming up for you as part of that. Even though I'm talking about calm and peace, I feel there's an urgent need for all of us as humans to step up and grow. I feel like um, there's an opportunity to do a lot of inner work and inner growth. And the world is improved every time we heal ourselves just that much more. Mm -hmm. um, and so I feel that that is really important right now. You know, uh, I'm just trying to think one of the first nights that I was home after you know being isolated or, you know, we had to leave work. And I remember getting up at four in the morning and feeling urgent, like urgent to meditate and send out healing. Mm. Um, I haven't. I haven't had that the same way being woken out of my sleep, but I recognize that I've been talking about this need to deepen our practices for about a year now. Um, not knowing why necessarily, except for I know what the results are when we deepen our own spiritual practice. Doesn't matter your faith. You don't have to have faith. You can contemplate life. You can read great poetry, um, read inspirational speakers. Um, how are you gonna grow and move forward? It's a, it's, there's a pause that we're being given to sort of take a look at what's going on in the world, our role in it, and how can we just be a better human being? I think that, you know, this illness doesn't just affect one part of a population. All are vulnerable. And I think that's a huge lesson for us. We're all together in it, in this planet. And um, we need to recognize that. And it's interesting how this kind of behavior invokes the need for kindness. Mm. And, and uh, it's interesting how people are being praised right now for their kindness you know, which is okay, which is great because we need more kindness in the world. 
and recognition of kindness is is not it's not a bad th- if it in, if it in there's a word I'm looking for but if it enables more kindness to happen then recognizing the kindness is a wonderful thing. Yes, it's interesting. I reached out to um, people beyond my teams, uh, people I know in different parts of the organization, and and just I I I know their story. I know their family. I know. Um, or I don't know anything about their family, but I know them. I see them every day or I see them once a week or whatever. And I started reaching out and it was really interesting to get the kind of feedback I got. What kind of feedback did you get? Um, just so thankful and grateful that somebody asked about them. One of the things that I've heard from talking to people doing having these conversations which is not necessarily the the messaging that's sort of out in the world in general. But one thing that keeps coming up, which you touched on, is this idea that we're all in this together, right? And I think that is a really important concept. And I think it's the, the fact that it hasn't always felt that way is part of the reason that people, when you are reaching out to check on them, that it feels surprising, that it feels new, like it's unexpected because we, even the interesting thing, even though we are quote socially distancing, which is really physically distancing in a lot of ways, it's actually enabled an understanding that we are all in this together and we are all there for each other. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's really interesting how this illness has made us realize that we're all in it together, but we're in our homes separate. Mm, now, yeah. what's that about? Like, not what is that about? We know what that is about, but we need the silence. We need the separation to value the togetherness, right? Yes. And and it's interesting, you know, now people are, are really intimately close with their families in a way they haven't probably been in a long time. One of my biggest things is you have to be kind to yourself and you have to be kind to others. I have to tell you, I live on my own, so I'm used to being on my own. However, being in my space, not going out hardly at all, I can drive myself crazy, (laughs) you know? I, I can see some habits or some things that I'd like to change. I also... There was one night I was so frustrated with, um, I'm so used to picking up the phone to talk. And that's part of my style of business. I'm I'm a people person, I talk. And I was so frustrated that I didn't have the phone that I normally have. And I I was frustrated and angry. I just said, okay, that's it. I'm just gonna go, uh, I had dinner and then I decided, okay, I'm just gonna go meditate and go to bed because whatever. And I always pick up a book and uh, I picked up a book, one of my, uh, an author I love, Anne Lamott. She's funny. She's, uh, she found religion after getting sober and she's very wry humor, lover. Anyways, I just picked up her book, opened a page and there was a little statement about how God loves you. It made me laugh, you know, and, and I was fine after that. We can be crazy. Um, we're living really close for those families and um Work sometimes gives you a break. And so you have to be kind to yourself and you have to be kind to each other. I think it's a powerful message. And and I think a lot of people are struggling with both pieces of it, but definitely the being kind to themselves. I think a lot of people don't really even know what that means. Me too. You know, I, I think 
that um, I think it changes, you know, depending on your age and stage of life and, and where you are month to month, depending on your needs. But I think this gives us the opportunity to realize what we truly need, not what we think we need. Well, and I love that perspective shift of actually taking this as an opportunity to figure out what it is that we need, not what someone else tells us self-care should look like, not what, you know, someone online says, this is what you need to do every single day, but what actually matters to you and what's going to make a difference to you. So Selena, I have a quick story. So I know you coach and I remember a long time ago, I had a coaching session with someone and uh, one of her things was, well, you know, you could have a bubble bath and blah, blah, blah. And I couldn't get over how angry I was. And at first I thought, oh my, I'm being so rude. Like, why did this make me so angry? And then I realized I'd walked away. When I walked away, I realized she had no, um, she had not paid attention to what I said or, or who I was really, because I can understand a busy mother or father who really does need that bubble bath to get away from the craziness. And you can be living on your own as well and needing a bubble bath. But that was clearly not what I needed. I think that takes me back to the very beginning is really listening to each other. Really, really listening and listening to yourself. Mm-hmm. Listening to yourself as well. This is like a really beautiful sort of bow that we've wrapped this up in because part of how you get better at listening to yourself can be done by meditating and by having those moments of stillness and reflection. Yeah. And if, if you're not ready for that yet, but we're, but we're in this time and you're not sure, take a walk and don't take your, don't take your headphones. Mm, It's a great, listen, listen to the birds, listen to the sounds or the lack thereof. Um, or listen to the silence beneath the noise. I think that's a, a beautiful reminder and a really wonderful place to to wrap this up. Um, I want to thank you. If, do you have anything that you ha- didn't get a chance to say or anything that you'd like to leave people with um, or send them to or recommend before we wrap the conversation? I, I think you have to find that inner peace uh, quicker. And I think that's most important right now. I love that. And and I just want to add to, to what you were saying and not to hijack it, but, you know, I work, I've worked with a number of people who um, can, they, they identify as being Christians. And one of the things that they found powerful was the idea of using prayer as meditation. So, right. So that, that, that is a familiar idea for them. And so being able to use that, and that was at in talking to often their various ministers or whatever it was, that was their, that has worked for them in terms of finding a practice. So I, I just want to add to that because I think what right. you're saying about, you know, finding what works and talking to people that are in whatever group you identify with, if you do, can exactly. be really powerful. And, and I don't think people talk about that enough. Well, and, and for those individuals who are Christians, I think one of the most powerful statements, um, again, around contemplation and 
and stillness is be still and know that I am God. And I challenge those individuals to just sit with that and feel God. Yeah. I love it. It's powerful. It's very powerful. And to say, God, you can say creator. You can say the divine, holy mother. Spirit. Universe. Spirit. And call on it and sit in it and see what it feels like. It's awesome. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I want to thank you profoundly for taking the time to chat with me and to to put this together, to help me in putting this together to provide some value to, to people that are out there. I appreciate all of your suggestions and sharing on this idea of leading through crisis. And um, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me for this long about it. It's It's wonderful and much appreciated. I love it. And you know, if I can ever help anybody, they could talk to you and I, you know, I, I would be happy if someone needs to reach out. A hundred percent. When I create the show notes, um, when I do create the show notes for everyone listening or watching this, depending what format, there will be a way to contact. I'm not going to put your email out there so that you don't get spammed, but there will be a way that they can contact me and I will direct them to you. That is absolutely no problem. So thank you definitely for that note. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to us talk around leadership in challenging times. If you would like to learn more about us or any of our guests, you can find us online at www.leadingthroughcrisis.ca. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast from.